0: So let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for this season, for this time, for this place, for this community. And I pray, Lord, as we just share a couple minutes here, that your spirit will speak. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's what I want you to hold on to. And really it's summed up perfectly in the message of the first angel, of the three angels' messages. And so this is not new. We've been doing this this whole fall. But if there's one thing, if I knew we were gone and you only remembered a singular reality, this is it. Then I saw another angel flying in the midair and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Okay, the first piece is I want you to know and understand at the deepest level of your core faith that everything is built on the faith and belief that the man Jesus who lived was the Messiah, and the Son of God. Nothing else. That's the deepest core reality, that you believe Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, and that by his life, death, and resurrection, we receive forgiveness of sin and eternal life. That's the absolute core. On the day that you receive that as truth, you become Christian. That's what it means to be Christian, to believe that Jesus is the Messiah and the Son of God. Are there behaviors associated with Christianity? Yes. Are there beliefs associated with Christianity? Yes. But behaviors and beliefs don't make you Christian. Conviction that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God makes you Christian. Then you build. Then you build from there. You grow in understanding. You learn how God wants you to live. These things grow from there. So that is the deepest core reality. That is the everlasting gospel, the story of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And that's our core message. That's always got to be the core message. Anything we say or teach has to be planted on that singular foundation. It is the core. But in it, Is raised another point and this becomes the second critical point Jesus is the Christ the Son of God all right who is God if Jesus is the Christ the Son of God is the identity statement of Jesus then what is the identity statement of God the identity statement of God consistent from Genesis to Revelation in nearly every book of the Bible is this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We can't be neutral on this. We can't be wishy-washy on this because if God is not the creator, Jesus makes no sense. You get that, right? If God did not create the world then what business does Jesus have coming into it? That's what you call an alien invasion. That's what you call tyrannical control by a power greater than our own. So if God did not make the world, Jesus can't save it. So even though Christianity is founded on the identity of Jesus, That in and of itself does not hold unless God is in fact creator Now we can be gracious with one another to some degree on How we understand that truth But we cannot give up that truth and Understand that it lies on the ground of conviction There will be people who can put up arguments that will challenge your thinking on this subject. But understand that by faith we believe the heavens and the earth were created. In the same way that by faith we believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. But those two things, even if you hold them perfectly, are little more than interesting realities if the third point is not there as well. So we go on and read in this first angel's message, then I saw another angel flying in midair and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Now let me finish it. It says, worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea and the springs of water. So everlasting gospel, that's the story of Jesus. Worship him who created, that's creator God. But there's another piece in here. It says, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come. Judgment is all about God putting right what went wrong at the beginning. So Jesus is the Christ, he's come to save us. God is the creator, he made a perfect world. But that's just interesting information if in fact God can't restore the original order. And the tool that brings restoration is called judgment. But for those who believe, there's something different that we call it. We call it the second coming of Jesus. And the promise that we hang on to were the words of Jesus where he said, If I go, I will come again. This is Jesus' promise to us. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, I will come again to receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. So these three encompass the fullness of the reality of the purpose of God, and they're all contained right here in this first angel's message. And then the second and third are just about the position you take related to those things. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If I go, I will come again. That is a complete theology and you stand in that, you will not be shaken because you know in Jesus you're saved, you know in God as creator you have identity, and you know in the promise of his return you have the blessing of eternal life. Hang on to these and let this undergird everything that you do and believe and now if you want to hear some real wisdom Alicia
1: of those bedrock realities that we hang our faith on and some of you might think well I have believed those for decades But the current culture in America is doing everything it can to expunge those truths from our minds and to keep us so busy that we can't apply them to our situations. In the upper room where we just came from, and that's why we were a little late, they were singing a song that said, look for God in the problems. Look for him in the challenges. That's where you will find him. And this has certainly been a year of challenges. But I want to remember when we first met this congregation, and you got to see an actual little clip of it, I said two things to you at that time. And I'm going to repeat one at the beginning of what I say and one at the end. The first thing I said is that we would love you. And that was a commitment. But I want to tell you that you have been easy to love from the amazing retirees that come from all over the world to use their gifts here at Forest Lake Church, to the active baby boomers, the purposeful Gen Xers, the relational millennials who are transforming worship for the new generation in the upper room, the Gen Zs that college students the talented Forest Lake Academy students and the exuberant Forest Lake Elementary Center students, as well as all of you kids that don't attend one of those. Maybe you're a homeschooler or you go to a Popka High. And even those of you who are too young to go to school yet. You have been easy to love. From the tiniest baby to the oldest member you have been fantastic as a congregation. From our really amazing staff, the one that we had when we came, to the one that we've transitioned to, incredibly talented staff, to our fantastic organist, you have been easy to love. You welcomed us, you prayed us through, Nathan's cardiac arrest and four days in a coma. You supported us so beautifully through my cancer year. We have all rejoiced together. We have cried together. We have prayed together. Our stories are entwined. We have complained together and worshiped together and found ourselves again in this community at the foot of Jesus among the people that we love. There are three things that ease our hearts and minds as we go feels a little bit like Abraham and Sarah into the unknown. And that is, first of all, that the same voice that called us here is calling us to Boulder. And that means that even though it will be difficult because there are people in Boulder and because we are going, we will not be afraid like, oh no, we finagled our way to Colorado and now look, we will think when we hit the problems, okay, this is why God called us here. He must think that through us he can help. Another thing that eases our hearts and minds as we go is how well-positioned you are for kingdom success here. I mentioned briefly about our amazing new pastoral staff. They are so gifted and talented, and they are working together even in different services. And I know that Jeff and I feel so much better leaving because of how well positioned you are and what a joy it's been to to see you guys finish paying off the parking lot and imagining and then seeing in reality, I'm not very good at directions, I think it's over there, the beautiful new children's building, oh my goodness, the people that he has brought to that building and now the warehouse project. And so many things in between. If it were a mess here, it would be harder to go than knowing that the future is bright. And the last thing that eases our hearts and minds is that we know you are forever friends because we know Jesus, and so we will be friends in eternity. One of the most difficult things about being here is because there were too many people to know well. Easy to love, but not enough time to spend time with. In so little parts of your story, I know I got to pray for you during a surgery, or I heard about it and you didn't even know I was praying or that you were praying for us. But we have eternity together. And I take comfort in the fact, and these are well-known words, maybe, Michael W. Smith penned them, I think, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit a long time ago, and that is that friends are friends forever when the Lord's the Lord of them. And the welcome will not end. If you want to come to Boulder and see us, I think you would welcome us back here. And the prayers will not cease. I know I'll get prayer texts that are all here. We need to pray for this person or this family. It is hard to let you go. It feels uprooting and unsettling. But you are in the Father's hands. And so are we. And so that means we will meet again. And we will have plenty of time to really know and be known and to love and be loved and to celebrate and be celebrated, to serve and be served. We will have plenty of amazing worships together. We will discover galaxies together and new races and new aspects of God and we will come back together and sit at the throne and worship the one who made it all possible. We have had some glorious music here, just today, and under the direction of Mark Becker, and under the direction of Evan Chesney, and under the direction of so many. And I do you love to hear Jeremy sing? Wow! To have Josh Groban in our sanctuary week after week is really a blessing and the way that he has pulled together groups from the grade school and from the academy and from our congregation. But I can only imagine what it will sound like to sing with the redeemed. We have that to look forward to. Arielle and we have noted that some of her friends have said, when they heard we were going, we'll see you again in heaven. And Ariel has said, I'm not dying, I'm just moving to Colorado. (laughs) But going in such a time of uncertainty is more unsettling, I think. We don't have the the sense of safety rooted in Today is as it always has been and always will be. We don't come from a full congregation, thank you for coming today. We don't come from the community we're used to and the time spent together that we're used to. And because our safety never should have been rooted in normalcy, we have been shaken to remember, that it only should be rooted in the everlasting arms of God that are always underneath. I'm so tired of hearing the word COVID and COVID-19. Anybody with me? So tired of it. And I'm not trying to be clever, but when I was thinking about writing this, something came to me. Because when we hear COVID, we feel dread and we remember people we love who are not here because they succumbed to COVID. And we remember the people that have gotten it and survived and those that we don't want to have get it. But we know that God was not a surprise—was not surprised by COVID. He wasn't. And He is using it for our good if we will let Him. And I thought about the story of Jesus in the boat when the waves got bigger than those experienced fishermen felt comfortable with and the winds were howling and the clouds covered the moon and they did what they could and it still wasn't enough. And they woke Jesus up because they were afraid and he stood up and he said, peace, be still. And the clouds rolled back and the wind died down and the ocean became silent. That Sea of Galilee." And then, I don't know if you remember, the next thing it says is they were terrified. I would have thought it would have said, huh, then they felt safe. Then they were calm and peaceful. But what had happened is that they realized that this guy that they loved, that would have been sleeping on the boat, that had fished and eaten with them, whose word was making a difference in their lives, was bigger than the storm. He was so powerful that he could say like to naughty children, stop that! And they would be quiet. And what I hope for you is that no matter the storm you are going through, you will keep Jesus in the center and you will know he is so much bigger. He is so much more powerful. And that his love and presence and power will be so much more in your eyes and ears than whatever you are faced with. That you will have peace in the storm, whether he calms it or calms you. And so I'd like to posit a different meaning for COVID. COVID is an acronym, I think it's Coronavirus Disease. And I would like for you, when you see COVID, not to feel afraid, but to think of this Christ, overall, victorious indeed. So think of it in your mind, because I'm gonna make you say it in a second. So you're gonna see the C Christ overall, victorious in deed. <laughs> so let's say it together a couple times. COVID actually, in our minds, knowing that God is overall means Christ overall, victorious indeed. That was really well done. I hope you remember it, because whether 2021 is better or worse than 2020, God is not surprised. And Christ is still on his throne, and he is and will be victorious. And everything you believe, you will see, I hope, with your very own eyes, I hope you will see Jesus coming in the clouds of glory. Actually, you will. You will whether you see him as we who are alive and remain or as those who have been raised to see it and will be caught up together with him in the clouds and so we will ever be with the Lord. Jesus will come again. And I until then, will pray for you and my heart will be encouraged that you are here wanting good in the world being good in the world, praying good in the world, and bringing more people into the boat where Jesus looks like he's sleeping sometimes but isn't. That we will be faithful and forgiven when we mess up and faithful and forgiven and we will keep believing that God is as good as his word And your experience says he is until that day. And so I leave you with the words that I said to you on the first day when we met, when Ariel was five, and Aaron was going into fifth grade, and Nathan into eighth, and Gable into ninth, because they were words that helped me in my parenting and in my life. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. And it is on that faithfulness that I rest in my hope that we will meet again. And I'm looking forward to that day and hearing new stories of how the Lord has been faithful in your life.
0: So I told you a moment ago what I want you to hang on to and to believe. Now, let me give you these final instructions. This is what I want you to do. And this comes from Paul at the end of 1 Thessalonians chapter five. Verse 12, he says, now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. I encourage you to honor those who work hard for you. There's lay leaders in this church that labor hard for the church. Respect them, honor them. And there's a remarkable pastoral staff that the Lord has brought here through a most remarkable story for each one of them how they've come he's assembled here an amazing group and so i would ask that you acknowledge those who work hard among you and who care for you in the lord and who admonish you hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work live in peace with each other and we urge you brothers and sisters warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. If you will do these things, this church will continue to be a remarkable example of the promise of God that was begun at the day of Pentecost. When the tongues were given to the apostles and they spoke to people of every nation kindred tribe and people and on that day the church began to grow from peoples all over the earth and now here we are all these years later gathered in this space you saw the prayer earlier from from fiona and joseph gosen and i appreciate the the work that patricia walker's been doing to uh, set up people to pray for us and to gather from the voices within this congregation that you might hear from all the places on the earth that the Lord has gathered us into this place. And even Fiona herself, praying in English, yet, yet I, her family is, I think she's second generation. I think her mom is, is from Jamaica. The Lord has brought us into this place from all the places on the earth to demonstrate that those who follow the voice of Jesus can live in unity and harmony despite the differences and despite the background because in Christ we have so much more in common. And so it's been a tradition here at Third service, what was third service primarily. Y'all have to figure out what to call this now that it's not a third one. But that's one of the problems you'll have to solve without me. But at this service, that at the end of the service, I would read you this blessing. It's the priestly blessing, and it's found in Numbers chapter 6. And you heard it read earlier by Pastor Orlando as he read it for us. But I want to tell you why I read that. If you read the whole context, verse 22, the Lord, and here it's the the capital letters L-O-R-D, which means the name of God, something like Yahweh or whatever exactly it is. But God says, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, and then there's the words you're familiar with, But listen to what he says after. So they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. The reason I read that at the end of the services, week after week after week, was because there was nothing more in my heart that I wanted than the name of the Lord to be upon you and the Lord to bless you. And the promise of this passage to those who are privileged like I have been and like others who are pastors have been is that we can speak these words and they will be upon you and the mark of the Lord will be upon you and the Lord will bless you. And I've wanted nothing more than to know that you were walking out of this place with these words upon you and the mark of the Lord upon you, the seal of God upon you, the name of God with you everywhere you go and everything you do. Because the world has a mark it wants to put on you, on your hand or on your forehead that marks you as prey of the devil but God would have you bear the seal of God. And those who are gods are a mighty army, even though they look normal, like us. But they go forth with the power of God within them. So I wanna speak these words to you again. And are we ending similar to how we did the last service? Okay. Hopefully we'll do a little better because we didn't get through them very well last time. Let's try this again. And Alicia's going to read these words with me. And we want you to receive this as God puts his mark on you. The Lord bless bless you and keep you. you. The The Lord Lord make his face shine on on you and and be gracious gracious to you. you. The Lord turn Turn his his face face toward you and give you peace. Amen.